Hi, my name is Jillian Darlington. I am the CEO and founder of the Mom Co app, and you are listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I am your host, it's Paul Kemp. Uh, I love to get interesting entrepreneurs wherever they may be and uh, sometimes we have uh, apps that we've you know similar apps to what we've uh, spoken about before we have already had an app uh, on this show uh, quite a while ago now actually uh, with Charles Michael Yimmer the breathalyzer app but that was a very well received uh, episode and I was just thrilled when I managed to get hold of uh, my next guest and we could talk about his app and his take on his journey and you'll find that in this world, the app world, it's less competition, more co optition I like to call it. And uh, I'm just thrilled that uh, the CEO and founder of uh, Alkahoot, it's a breathalyzer app, uh, it's Alkahoot. His name is uh, Christopher Ayala or Chris Ayala. And he's going to join us today and talk about his app journey with Alkahoot, what it can do and uh, where he got the inspiration from. And hopefully it will inspire you. So, Chris, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Oh, wonderful. Thank you, Paul, for having me today. Well, um, first of all, uh, we're recording this and I'm just really, really interested in, in uh, what it can do and your, your breathalyzer app. So perhaps you could start talking about uh, how you got the inspiration for it and what it actually uh, can help us do. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, fun, funny enough, and, and probably I should have prefaced this before, I'm actually not a founder of the company. So um, I came into the company about five months ago as the CEO and, and actually came in to take over uh, off what two of the other co-founders had actually created as an inspirational product. So I'm, I'm actually different than the, the, the past gentleman from Breathometer that you had on who, who started at Ground Zero. I've actually come in with a product that was already a market, and my role here is to now scale the product and really get it out to the people that are hopefully listening to this episode. Oh, this is great. So literally in 210 episodes, Chris, this is the first time ever that we've managed to get the CEO who's not the founder. And uh, I'd love to know uh, how you were attracted then to this uh, opportunity. How, how, what inspired you to actually take over uh, from Alcohol and take it to the next level? Absolutely, Paul. So, wow, 210 episodes. All right, so we're groundbreaking moment here. Very exciting, very exciting. Um, so, you know, the opportunity is, is, is just that the, our brand and our goal here is to really help people when they're drinking uh, make smarter, more responsible decisions. And the, the natural inclination is that this means don't drink and drive. And, and certainly that is clearly the message we're trying to, to have people do when we're trying to provide a tool that helps people uh, become more aware of what condition they are in before they're making major decisions. Um, but there's also another play here that we think is really exciting and, and how our product um, is very timely right now. Um, obviously, the quantified self, uh, the wearable market, the understanding personal diagnostics is, is a huge hit, certainly here in the United States and I think on a global scale. And when we think about it, we say, okay, well, people are wearing bracelets to say how many steps they've taken that day, um, which in, in some ideas is sort of a, a, a very simple metric to understand. And I know when I've walked a certain amount of time, and, and you do too. And here we've got a tool that actually looks a little bit deeper inside the body. And it says, we can actually measure what your blood alcohol content is. We actually can share with you uh, a little greater information about how your body reacts to alcohol when drinking uh, based on your size, your weight, your height, <clears throat> your genetic makeup, what you've eaten that day. 
and calculate and store that data over a period of time so that you can actually become a, a more informed or smarter uh, drinker when understanding what that pint or what that cocktail has to your body and how you react to it. So from a, a, a data capture point of view, from a, a almost a wearable accessory, a mobile accessory, this is a really exciting time in the marketplace. And when I looked at Alkahoot as a prospective target for me to go work at and run, uh, I thought it lined up with all those really great uh, opportunities right now. Yeah, I must admit, I've just got my iPhone 6 and I'm loving the health features on that. I can really see my personal use of uh, just monitoring a lot of different things. Uh, certainly, I would love to know uh, the impact that uh, alcohol is having, uh, especially, you know, we are um, thinking about the festive period where there is a lot of temptation to have a few drinks from office parties and etc and just to have that device to make sure that we are being sensible with our decisions so you must be almost saving lives i should think every day i hope to save one i know that's sort of a crazy concept but unfortunately you know drinking and driving is is almost it's an epidemic to such an extent that people don't even pay attention to it anymore um, I hate to use the comparison, but uh, several months ago, obviously, there was the first beheading from ISIS, and that caught global attention. It was all over the newswire. But now you see the reports, you know, another happening like that, and they're awful, awful events, but it's almost become commonplace that people don't realize it. Well, drinking and driving fatalities have reached that peak where you hear about it and you're like, okay, it's almost part of the, of the conversation in, in popular culture. And, and that's really tragic. And so we're hoping that a product like this actually brings more market realization and more awareness, again, not just to the health benefits of understanding this data, but also to the tangible benefits of, wait a minute, before I pick up my keys, before I get in my car, before I put myself or someone else on the road or the people in my car at danger, I should really have a better understanding of what my blood alcohol content is, make sure I'm making a smart decision. Yeah, you know, almost think uh, of those situations where uh, as, uh, as you get older, you get more sensible. And I can imagine that uh, we're, we're in a group of people. Uh, if somebody's driving that night, I almost am tempted to say, hey, just have a quick uh, shoot into this, uh, this app, Alkahoot, because I want to see if you're, you're, you're safe for driving. And, uh, you know, in a way, uh, it empowers the um, owner of the app, you know, because it gives them some sophisticated ability to just check this stuff. Uh, you know, and take responsibility. I think you're absolutely right. And, and I, I look forward to the day where, you know, you as a passenger or you as somebody in that party, it almost become commonplace for you to say, okay, who's best to drive? Let's just use, the, let's use this product. Let's make sure we're making the best decision we can. Or maybe it's just calling a cab and we'll leave the car here and we'll pick it up another time. So there's the obvious thing is drink driving, but there must be some other applications for this as well. Uh, are you doing any uh, APIs or allowing any developers to tap into the data that we can get from Alkahoot? It's a great question. And not yet. Um, it is, though, on my roadmap. I, I think the ability to share this information is incredibly valuable. Um, certainly, we've already integrated with the Apple Health Kit, which you referenced before. So anybody who's running iOS, the most recent version of iOS, is able to tap into the Health Kit. Uh, and our data through that as long as you have Alkahoot and the device. Outside of that, though, I think there are applications outside of the consumer space that really the data becomes incredibly valuable, um, whether it's for commercial purposes of, of truck drivers or taxi drivers or somebody else that's operating 
uh, within a work environment and needs to be uh, more responsible or there needs to be better reporting to ensure that the business owner is maintaining a safe, compliant workspace. Um, or there may be places where uh, there are certain returns on investment for using a product like this where there's a actual tangible benefit to the employee itself. So say in a, a capacity where there's a large company and they have a drug or alcohol reporting program, uh, maybe somebody has gotten in trouble before and they need to be monitored or they need to test. Well, our product is a much more discreet, um, easier product, to, which doesn't make somebody have to weave, leave a workforce to go get uh, randomly screened. Um, so we think there are, are other applications. Obviously, the storing and the monitoring of that data with this whole big data movement could have a lot of volume and, and, and value into the future. So right now, you know, we're trying to get the product out into the market so that we can start collecting that data in a lot of different use cases so then we can actually create something really valuable and then figure out how to splice it and send it out through different APIs. Yeah, I could just imagine that you know, you're taking uh, this data and then you can enable some features where you can pull certain geographic areas and uh, figure out you know, if there's an increase in alcohol consumption and does that relate to some of the other uh, data. It comes on the back of a really interesting episode we had about government data becoming more available uh, with a guy who's built this Amigo cloud who can help us tap into that government data. But I'm also thinking, you know, the data coming from, you know, your, uh, your, your users would be just amazing to try and correlate with other things that are going on, you know, in those communities. I, I think you're 100% right. And you can even drill it all the way down to just the daily activity. So um, you know, whether combining blood alcohol data into your daily routine to identify that when you wake up, you're Fitbit or whatever app you're running on your phone, it says, hey, you should run an extra quarter of a mile today because you drank X number and your blood alcohol percent was a certain higher. Or, hey, you, uh, this restaurant serves this type of food, which might be best based on your morning routine and what you did last night to better give you a healthier day. So at, at even just a basic level, I, I think that data has so much value. But then you're right, when you start scaling it up, you can really decide whether it's for government purposes, whether it's for business planning purposes, whether there's certain areas that having more bars make a lot more sense and certain areas where there's less bars. I think there's a lot of tangible value we can start using with that data once we're able to collect it in mass volume. Yeah, one of the main features we have on this show, Chris, is we love to flesh out ideas, app ideas, and I, already I'm thinking of quite a few uh, that come to mind. I can imagine that uh, in terms of uh, building trust within a marriage, uh, you could uh, almost uh, have one partner uh, commit to uh, blowing into or, or taking the alcohol test on a regular basis, and that data then is sent to their partner <laughs> in a way. Uh, you know, so uh, I mean. I don't know, that would obviously be uh, for extreme cases. But in a way, you know, if, if there's a marriage breakup and it's because one partner's drinking and they say, no, I won't drink again, I promise you. You know, they, well, okay, you prove it. You you send me your daily, uh, you know, uh, alcohol level and, uh, and we'll see. Uh, look, you know, when people told me, when I told people about this business, they told me, you know, consumer retail and certainly hardware are really tough. Um, marriage might be even more of a difficult marketplace to get into. So I might stay away from that, but you're right. <laughs> there are one of tangible uh, applications that can be delivered out of it. Um, one thing that we were considering doing at one point is simply in the United States, obviously, we have American football. Um, American football played geographically. Uh, certain fan bases get very wild, as you know about fan bases. And, and certainly, we think there's a wonderful opportunity for us to start 
just at a simple basis. Who, who's the wildest crowd out there? Who's the crowd that gets the rowdiest at games? And sort of add to that environment and help fuel that. And that's a simple app that you just aggregate data from different data points uh, in city tailgates around the, world, around the country. So you're right. There's so much fun you can do with the data. It's really exciting. Yeah, I mean, my literally, my creative mind is going ballistic now with uh, the potential. I mean, you can imagine running a bar and having the price difference based on uh, how much alcohol alcohol you've already consumed. Because, yeah, in a way, you know, the more drunk you get, the higher the price goes. Because we don't want you in our bar if you're extremely drunk and rowdy. I think that's an amazing idea, and I never thought of that. I'd always had the concept of building something that was able to measure the volumes of the beer within the restaurant itself and then charging premium for the beer that's running the lowest. But I never thought about actually scaling it based on one's consumption. That's actually very smart. Yeah, there's a, there's a bar in London uh, that uh, did actually, it's a bit like city trading, you know, with all the city guys uh, I used to work yep. down in London. And uh, they have the price of beer fluctuate according to supply and demand, literally on a, a, a ticker tape that goes across. And so you can actually take shorts and longs on beer prices. Of <laughs> <laughs> Those guys will make a market out of anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the... The, oh, this is the, so I can see now why you actually joined um, the company because you could just have so much fun with this product and, you know, in terms of taking it loads of different places. Perhaps you could talk us through, you know, your the, 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 what you were doing beforehand and then why you ended up joining uh, Alcohoot because there's so many people listening who uh, need inspiration for uh, taking on potentially new, uh, you know, businesses. Well, it, yeah. I mean, my my past certainly isn't what would follow most paths of, of somebody working in a startup environment. Um, before I was I was running this company, I actually worked for a software company. I've always enjoyed software. Um, we were an international firm that was heavy in the transportation and logistics industry. Uh, we had actually quite quite an operation with uh, Royal Mail, in fact. Um, and we were created both mobile apps and then back office software that helped vehicles get from point A to point B. Uh, these vehicles were typically commercial size vehicles or professional vehicles such as delivery services or long-haul trucking. And I ran operations for them. Uh, we were about 180 employees, five offices, and um, uh, also ran a, a, a P&L for one of their other products, um, which was a, a web-based mapping solution. Yeah, and before, pro- pro- profit and loss. So- yeah, exactly, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then prior to that, though, um, I was actually a, a corporate attorney. Um, I worked out uh, for a, a, an oil and gas startup company in Western Canada, so way, way sort of in the middle of nowhere, um, working with Native American tribes on, on uh, oil and gas development on their reserve lands. Um, so I did that for a few years as well. We were a very small outfit, but we were able to scale quite quickly into a, a pretty successful business. And then before that, I was a corporate attorney sitting behind a desk in New York City um, where I practiced doing mergers and acquisitions. So certainly came full circle in terms of sitting in a small office trying to build the product and, and with software and hardware and trying to help people with, their, with, with alcohol uh, from you know, coming out of law school and doing mergers and acquisition work. Yeah, it, it does sound like in terms of your career past that uh, you share similar uh, things with me. Uh, I always get asked, you know, why I left a, a corporate job to to almost do my own thing. And uh, what I love to explore on this show, because there, we, we do have a lot of listeners who actually make life 
changes uh, by listening to the guests that we have on, such as yourself. And uh, many of the listeners are in corporate jobs and they're searching for uh, something more out of life. And, you know, I get the sense that uh, you probably were attracted to the startup scene because of, well, tell tell us why, why you were attracted to the startup scene and how it differs from working in corporate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I sort of want to answer that question a little differently too. Um, if, if it is sort of a motivation where folks are sitting in, in offices and are sitting in businesses where they say this is very wonderful but I think I can do more with my life or I want to do more with my life from a professional career, taking that risk uh, is a big jump but, but if you have confidence in yourself, and you are confident that you can be successful no matter what that jump is, whether it's trying to run a company, start a company, uh, just go work at a company like that. Um, it is risky, but again, if there is pure confidence in your capabilities to succeed, you will be successful. The, the environment right now, the startup environment, the, the capital that's available, the people that are involved in it, the intelligence level is at an all-time high. And so while it is a startup and while it is risky, the access to resource, the access to people that have been successful, and the willingness of people that have been successful in the past to share from them their own experiences is, is readily available. Um, so I think if somebody has that risk tolerance and they are purely confident in their abilities, it's actually a wonderful market right now for somebody to take that move um, as long as they can, they can deal with it, particularly financially, <laughs> yeah. um, which is a challenge. But you know, what, what drove me is, is just that. I, I've always felt that I had the ability to go take something, whether it was my own product or whether it was somebody else's, and build a team and scale a team and make it successful. And I got to the point in my career where I was working very highly at the, the past company, but I would never get to the point of running the company for a number of reasons. So it was time for me to say, okay, uh, you know, let's get rid of that net underneath me and make that next step. And it's been it's been a wonderful experience so far. Yeah, many of the Appster tribe listening to this do ask me about the uh, you know why we do it, and it's almost a case of for me personally, it's the ability to make decisions without this uh, infrastructure that you have around in a, usually a corporate environment where it's just really hard to get things done. You're a small cog in a big wheel, but you know the thought of working in a startup or working for yourself it's just this immense freedom and yes there's a sacrifice i guess the uh, reliability of a, a steady income uh, but who cares about that when you're you know changing lives saving lives and, and literally feeling like you've got a purpose in life i think you're absolutely right that, that is absolutely correct wonderful well that is a bit of a full circle from uh, uh drinking driving but uh <laughs> you know what the other thing we'd like to do on this show chris is it's the app guy podcast we love talking about apps maybe uh, you could share with us one or two apps that you have on your smartphone that you think we may not have heard about before uh, obviously on top of uh, alcohol that uh, we've already mentioned and talked about absolutely um so there's a wonderful app that i actually downloaded a, a little while ago called vivino <laughs> vi V-I-N-O. Uh, Vivino, I, I don't know if you've spoken about it before. It's actually a, it's a wine app. And what it allows you to do is take a photo of certain labels that you like. Um, it then stores the data. It actually has a database where it connects to the Internet and pulls down all the data. Uh, it gives you a rating, gives you some information about that, but uh, it can help sort of store that data uh, for certain bottles of wine. Now, certainly this is great for, for whether you're at home and you like a bottle and you want to buy it again, very easy. Or if you're out at the store um, and you want to figure out what you'd like to buy, 
Um, in you know, obviously in New York here, that the, there is a bit of a wine culture. I do not participate in it. I just drink it. Uh, but, I do, <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the app for a lot of the features and functionality. So I think that's a really cool product. But, but um, you've got a good excuse, though, Chris. You're testing uh, the your product, aren't you? So <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, and you're going to think I'm a lush because the next step I'm going to talk about is actually a delivery service for alcohol. Um, it's called Mini Bar. They're based here in New York. Uh, they're a wonderful service um, where they connect you actually with your local uh, wine or, or liquor or beer store. Um, they offer a very easy way for you to A, order booze, uh, B, actually collect and, and store what you've ordered from the past, and you can rate it and you can get access to it. And they're, they're very inexpensive. It's a free app, obviously. The service is very inexpensive. Um, they'll deliver basically anywhere that you're located, whether it's at home or whether you're sitting at the park. Um, and it's a great way to connect, uh, particularly when it gets into the colder or worser weather here, for you to get something if you're, you're hosting a dinner party or you're having friends over. So Mini Bar um, has actually been a, a good app that I've connected as well. Yeah, I was thinking, actually, we had a founder of an app called Thirsty, which is doing a very similar thing where you can get alcohol delivered to your doorstep within 30 minutes. Yeah. And and actually, I was just thinking back on my show. You know, I did say that there's 210 episodes. I do think that actually... 10 20% of it is is uh, alcohol related a lot of these new ideas coming out are alcohol related we had a, a guy who um, developed an app who, who which is easy pro, easy uh, ordering over a, uh, in a bar or a restaurant for alcohol uh, there's loads of uh, alcohol related apps that are coming out and it's obviously one of those big human needs to drink alcohol I guess so, absolutely, or be social, right? I, again, the, the ordering out at the bar, there's another one that I, I came across and that called House Tab, and House Tab is, is basically just that there. It's sort of a, your credit or your, your check is actually on the, on the app, so you don't need to interact with the bartender a whole lot to get to check out just to order drinks. Um, and they also offer promotions. So I do see a lot of people focusing in that industry space. Uh, you know, I think maybe it's because it's, it's something that isn't very technical outside of what's behind the bar in terms of running credit cards or, or seating. But there really isn't a platform yet uh, for actually making the, the drink experience of going out to the pub all that more technologically advantaged. So, so people are starting to identify that. You must have a, a really interesting time ahead of you with all the potential partnerships that you could actually have with the incorporation of your app. You know, it's almost an add-on to some of these other uh, things that we talked about. So. Um, yeah, well, uh, well, thank you for those. So if anyone uh, listening wants to go and just check those out, it's uh, just a quick visit to theappguy.co and search for episode 210. And I'll put links to those apps and all the things that we're mentioning here in the show. Uh, Chris, is there anything we haven't spoken about with regards to your app or your career that you feel like is worthy of sharing with the audience? You know, the only thing, uh, just adding on to what you've spoken about before, um, what we're seeing also are a number of uh, large corporations really coming up to help support this movement, whether it's our product or other products, in the understanding and being more socially responsible with a product like ours. Um, we actually have launched a couple of partnerships with, with global brands, which I'm sure your viewers are familiar with, uh, one being Heineken, uh, the other being Pernod Ricard, which is a big brand house for uh, labels such as uh, Absolute or Jameson's. Um, and they are actually getting a great boost for their social responsibility platform by helping to endorse a product like us. Um, so I did want to mention that, that we're starting to see good traction on that front. 
big companies, even the ones that are selling the alcohol, see that there is an importance to a product like this, that it can be helpful. Um, and so I just wanted to make sure that they got the endorsement that they that they needed because they're a good partner of ours. Yeah, I, almost, I was thinking uh, we do have a lot of app developers listening to the show. In a, in a way, if you have a socially responsible app or something that's really helping disrupt or do something for the good of society, then there is a possibility of uh, getting a partnership or doing something with a large corporate who is looking to show socially uh, responsible behavior. But because nobody really wants, you know, because brand is so important now. And, you know, if we drink our beer and think that the, the company is only interested in making money, then it kind of uh, almost uh, deteriorates the brand. But if we see it associated with uh, perhaps some of the negative side of alcohol and they're trying to do some good things, then it could reinforce the brand. I think you're, you're 100% correct. And, and the way that we'd actually reached out and gotten in touch with those folks wasn't having great relationships from them. It was actually using social media, uh, whether it was a Twitter or whether it was LinkedIn or, or other ways to find somebody who worked at those companies and could catch on to the idea. So again, if there are folks out there building similar apps or have different ideas and they want to get that it, don't feel bashful. Uh, it's very easy to sort of use the tools that we have in, in technology and apps available to us, and you can make tangible contacts that show results. Yeah, that's great. What a great tip. And uh, I do encourage anybody who's listening, you know, if they've got an app, then go, that's clearly an opportunity. Go and reach out to some of these large corporates and uh, and say, hey, look what my app is doing for the good of society. You guys want to be associated with me and then strike up a deal. So uh, that's a wonderful tip. Uh, Chris, how best can we reach out and connect with you? You've inspired me. I, I'd love to share any with anybody, you know, how, how best we can actually connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I love people reaching out, whether it's uh, to talk about the product or if they have great ideas or, hey, if you're looking for a job and you're creative, we're, we're always hiring good talent. So um, there's a couple ways. You can come to our website, which is www.alcahoot.com. Um, we, obviously, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Alcahoot. Um, we are on Facebook at Alcahoot, uh, and then you can you can always reach me. I'm very easy. Um, either at my email address, which is c a y a l a at alcahoot.com, um, or if you're 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 inspired enough, I have a phone. You can give me a ring, and, and I'm happy to provide my number. It's nine one seven six five six two nine six three and it's a it's a u.s number so whatever your country code requirement is for that well chris uh, you, you just have to bring it all full circle don't you because in 210 episodes it was a rather unique episode in that you were the first ceo that is not the founder but you've come in to to manage the startup and then you're also the first person to share your telephone number as a way of connecting with you in 210 episodes it, well um, um again we're, we're here this is the, what technology brings to us is a smaller world and I'd like to participate in it. And so the opportunities like this are wonderful. Paul, you, you, you're, you've got a great idea and you've got a great platform. 210 episodes is something to be very proud of. Uh, as we were chuckling about before, I hope it gets to 210,000. Um, but certainly uh, I'm available. I, I want to make myself available. And, and Paul, if you'd like to host on your, your website, certainly feel free to put my contact information. Wonderful. That's great. Well, Chris, thank you very much for joining us on the App Guide podcast. All the best with... Uh, you know, your mission to uh, try and get Alkahoot in as many hands as possible. I do recommend uh, for anybody, uh, go and download it now. I've got a lot of listeners in the US, but uh, is it is it uh, internationally um, available or is it just primarily, I guess, the US right now? 
No, 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 no. We, we've actually sold in 35 different countries. Uh, we, actually, we do have distribution uh, in the UK, in Ireland, um, in Belgium, in Austria, South Africa, Japan. It's generally available in the, in the EU marketplace. Um, so yes, no, no, no. It's, it's a global product. You can buy it simply on our website. Uh, certainly can purchase it through uh, Amazon.com or, or Amazon.wherever you're located. Um, so yes, it's readily available. Please, please purchase it yeah. and enjoy it. I'll be getting it definitely for my mum at Christmas time, especially because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, anyway, thanks, Chris. What a wonderful chat with you, and uh, all the best. Thanks, Paul. Really appreciate it.